Ladies and gentlemen, grunts and girls, thank you for joining us for another edition of Bullets to Beans. I'm your host, Doc J. Today is the 21st of January, 2020, and uh, we're going to get the show started today. Uh, we're going to have probably one of the more serious discussions uh, that we will find on Bullets to Beans. I think it's important to, to get this forum started off with this topic, something that a lot of people want to talk about, they're afraid to talk about, gets avoided. A lot of people talk about statistics. A lot of people talk about how horrible this topic is. Everyone agrees that it's something that needs to change. Um, so today, folks, we're going to talk about veteran suicide. I think it's important to start off by uh, identifying that, uh, you know, my background, I am not a psychologist. I don't have a PhD. I'm not a physician. I go by doc because I was an Army combat medic. Um, so although I have some some pretty cool guy medical skills. It's uh, it's plugging bullet holes, right? Um, but I think I'm still qualified to have a, a good discussion around this. Uh, although I am not a behavioral health professional, what I am is I'm a veteran who's lost friends to suicide. Okay, I am a uh, trained assist or applied suicide interventional skills training. Um, I, I'm a veteran who's um, participated in multiple suicide interventions to keep some of my friends alive. Um, I'm a veteran who's also planned his own suicide. Um, and obviously I didn't go through with it. That would be a really freaky podcast if, uh, if I did kill myself and I'm here talking to you. Um, and then finally, uh, in my list of qualifications of why you should listen to me about this topic today, um, I am the family member of a veteran who actually did complete suicide. So when you look at those four things combined, losing friends, helping friends not die, almost killing myself, and uh, going through the, the pain, anguish, recovery, grief, the whole process of a, of a family member who is a veteran who did complete their suicide, I think I'm pretty well versed on the topic. Um, so with that, I'm not going to go into a ton of statistics today, uh, a lot of discussions on this topic, they go into, you know, numbers, you know, we will, I'll talk about two numbers really quick, right? 20 to 22 veterans a day are killing themselves. Fact. Veterans are one and a half times greater, uh, standard one and a half times greater risk of committing suicide than civilian counterparts. Fact. I am going to touch on that last statistic a little bit, uh, in all of my thoughts, uh, in, including killing myself. Um, over the last couple of years around this topic, I've at least come to a conclusion on why I think the why, why veterans stand uh, one and a half times greater risk of uh, completing suicide or committing, attempting suicide than uh, civilian counterparts. So um, that's what's gonna be the, the, the primary discussion point today. So we'll get started in that in just a second. So again, today the topic is a veteran suicide uh, lead-in. I talked about two numbers. We're going to go into uh, one of those. I talked about going into the why. Um, the last couple of years, uh, I've put a lot of thought into uh, veteran suicide. And what I've come up with is three distinct factors that are relevant to the warrior or the veteran community that don't exist in the civilian community other than maybe firefighters, first responders, and police officers. Um, 
I, I find my three factors to be, uh, they're, they're just as susceptible as well. I think they're a, a, a tangent or parallel brotherhood as far as selfless service and putting their life on the line for uh, the greater good or for the community. Um, so the, the very first uh, factor that I'm going to discuss is our life is devalued to being a piece of equipment, right? So from the very first day we joined the military, we're told we're, we're you know, government issue. We're a GI, you know. Uh, we get threatened with a non-judicial punishment for destruction of government property. If uh, we get a sunburn, if we don't take care of ourselves, um, we're told very quickly how replaceable we are. Uh, we're just a number, you know. Uh, we get devalued down to being a piece of equipment, um, that is, uh, that, that you typically don't find that in the civilian community. If you do, you, you sue them for it is typically what I've seen. Right. So the second piece of the puzzle is we accept our own death. Um, we train on the quote unquote suicide mission. You know, it's about the, the person to your left and right, uh, selfless sacrifice being one of the values in the United States army. Um, you look at the subcultures within the military. I'm a, a, a member of the Order of the Spur, a member of the cavalry. I served in cavalry units. Um, you know, uh, so I've recited Fiddler's Green probably 10,000 times. In the fourth verse of Fiddler's Green, you know, when man and horse go down beneath a saber keen, in a roaring charge of fierce melee, you stop a bullet clean, and the enemy comes to get your scalp, just empty your canteen, and put your pistol to your head and go to Fiddler's Green. It's accepted that you kill yourself on the battlefield versus being captured. Um, that selfless sacrifice, that, that type of, you know, uh, completely um, dying for your country, we accept it. And we go to battle knowing that we may not come home. That typically doesn't exist uh, in the civilian community either. Um, so, uh, you know, first two factors we look at... Um, our, our own life is devalued. Um, and then we're taught, trained, and conditioned to accept our own death. And then the third factor being, you know, as a warrior, especially a frontline soldier, infantry, cavalry, reconnaissance. Um, and I was conventional. I was never in the special operations side. Um, but, you know, especially the elite tier, right? Um, you get trained to very efficiently and very effectively deliver death. So... Human life itself, um, to a certain degree, is devalued because you have to be quick to go to the trigger when you have the target that you, that you have to neutralize. Um, so I, I think when you look at all three of those factors combined, right, um, our life is devalued. Uh, we're, we're, we get translated to being a piece of equipment. We get conditioned to accept our own death, Um and then uh, we get trained to effectively and efficiently deliver death. When you look at those three factors, I think it's easy to understand the why a little bit more. Why, when a warrior, when a soldier, when a veteran is at their darkest place and in their darkest moment in their life, why they would choose suicide as an option. Um, I, I think that helps answer a lot of the questions, right? Because, you know, typical business process, uh, if, if you've got a never event, if, if you've got a, a critical quality problem and you do a root cause analysis, you've got to understand the why before you can move forward. 
So um, maybe this, my, my, the, my three-factor hypothesis to make it sound scientifically digestible on why veterans are committing suicide at a one-and-a-half time greater uh, percentage than uh, civilians, um, maybe that helps understand the why a little bit. So we got to move forward. Uh, and that's where I don't have the answer, right? Uh, that's where you do need the guys with PhDs to, to figure out clinically how you get the final product of a warrior who can accept his own death, who understands that he's replaceable and who's efficient and effective at delivering death. But at the end of the day, they understand that there's a time and a place for dying. And then there's a time and a place for living. And we've got to create that value in life and that differentiation between when it's acceptable to die for the greater good. And then when it's not acceptable to die, uh, just to alleviate your own pain. Um, so that's, that's my, uh, my, my theory behind understanding the why. Uh, for more about my story on um, my background and, and my near-death experience with suicide, um, I was published in an article uh, over the summer on madamerica.com with a friend of mine um, who runs the veterans page. Uh, there will be a link to that in uh, the show notes. Uh, so for that, uh, we're going to move on to some uh, more positive things in just a moment. We'll have an update on Remedy Alpine events coming up. Uh, so hang on for one moment. Thanks for hanging with us. So if uh, you are in the uh, Anchorage, Matsu area listening to this, um, some things coming up for Remedy Alpine, uh, our foundation, uh, our Veterans Recreational opportunity and therapeutic adventure programs that we run um on uh, the february 1st coming up on a saturday night we'll be at the eagle river vfw uh doing a fundraiser to help give us some working capital to improve our programs and launch our programs going into the 2020 season uh we'll have live music from jared wood uh, who'll be playing local uh favorite artist uh, we've got some pretty good prizes to give away for door prizes uh we've got some things from Black Diamond and from the North Face that will be given away. Um, and then March 1st, we'll be hosting the second annual Veterans Outreach Fair at the Eagle River VFW as well, one of our strategic partners. Uh, this is kind of a, you know, there's there's a lot of good veterans programs up in Alaska. Uh, some of them focus on fishing programs. You know, we do mountain climbing and, and hiking backcountry programs. You've got the, the big national programs, Team Rubicon, Team Red, White, and Blue, War, Wounded Warrior Project. Um, so what we've done, this will be the second year, is we invite all the local, regional, and national veterans outreach, veteran support, and veterans service organizations in. Uh, everyone sets up a display booth. Um, the VFW kicks in some chow. They cook some burgers and dogs. Um, and then we invite the veteran community in, right? And so instead of veterans having to go look for the services, the support, and the programs that might interest them or that they might need, we create essentially a half a day shopping mall of all of those opportunities for them. We get the veterans to come in. They can hang out with their friends. They can talk with the programs and see what they're interested in, what fits the niche for them. So uh, that'll be March 1st. Uh, and that's kind of the, uh, uh, the bigger event for those that are uh, comfortable or curious about getting into the backcountry. on uh, February backing up quickly, but February 22nd and 23rd, uh, we'll be guiding a trip out of the Eagle River Nature Center to the Perch. 
Um, it's a four-mile hike in. We'll be establishing a winter camp, going over some winter camping skills. Um, and then Sunday morning we get up, break camp, and then we, uh, given favorable conditions, we navigate Eagle River on the way back out. So uh, get people some uh, skills and experience on navigating on frozen water uh, and, and everything with that. Uh, for more information, you can check out uh, www.remedyalpine.org, our events page. Uh, we have Facebook. We have Instagram. We kind of have Twitter, I guess. I mean, we have Twitter. We just don't tweet very often. Um and then the Bullets of Beans podcast, uh, we have uh, a, a Facebook page set up for that. And then uh, we have a link or a tab uh, in the, the, the main website for the podcast as well. Uh, so that's our show for this week. Uh, we appreciate you jumping in and downloading or listening. Um, for any, uh, any questions, comments, feedback, any suggestions on topics that you'd like to hear, please hit us up. On the Facebook page, uh, you can email us at repdialpine at gmail.com or bullets to beans at gmail.com. Uh, drop us a message on our website. And as usual, you know, uh, Bullets to Beans is the official podcast of Remedy Alpine, reminding you to work the mountain and rest your mind. Stay safe, folks.